At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome to another episode of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today I've got a fairly unique uh, guest, somebody who's actually behind, who's still involved in the kind of music, entertainment, film industry, uh, but is behind the camera. So giving us a, a, a new perspective. It's Steve Smith. Welcome to the Bandwagon Podcast. Thank you, Ricky. So grateful to be on here, uh, especially following up with you know GV, Dr. Zeus, Jazzy B. I mean, I don't know how I can follow that, but you know, great what you're doing, man. Really, really like it. No, thanks, thanks for that. Um, and 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 you know, like you when you reached out, and uh, I was looking at looking at your kind of your repertoire. How, how would you best describe some of the work that you do and your specialism? Uh, so I'm a video director and a filmmaker. Uh, I've worked a lot in the Bangor industry, so a lot of the, the people you've had on with I've worked with uh, closely in music videos. Um, over the years, over many years of filming in that industry. Um, and there's a creative team around us who also does filmmaking. Um, so we've done a lot of music videos for like PBN, GV, Sekshinda, Jazzy. Um, so yeah, that's what we do is filmmaking, directing, editing, all along those lines. So how, how did you, you know, obviously... Uh, you're not normally kind of a, a typical desi kind of yeah. person i would have thought of to be kind of involved in it how did you get involved in there i know was it your brother or was it yourself kind of related got into kind of the ballistic videos yeah yeah so it started when i was at school uh, my brother is older than me so this is Cy smith and he started ballistic productions uh, so this was the early 2000s and when i was at school he would always be out filming and he was studying about filmmaking and learning all that craft and so he started in the industry um, when he left school and he started to work with people like Jay Skills, uh, Akash Rabbi, Kilena and uh, that was the kind of beginning for him and so when he was filming I'll jump on set and I'd be helping to crew and I'd get involved and I'd be able to see everything that's happening and see all these artists and yeah, so like once he took off with Jay Skills, he brought something different um, because of his creativity, because of his passion and work ethic. You know, he kind of sh shook up the industry a little bit with his 
early videos with the J skills, and then that brought attention. And then we started to work with like Mesoporia and Sakshinda. Um, so that's where it started for me um, through watching him. Uh, the history of ballistic it was, it was, it's like ballistic videos when they used to produce and uh, make videos, it was very, yeah. very high end, high quality, high production of it. So, like, is is that was that the standard that you already seen, or were you, or was your brother kind of like working on different things, and were you involved in different um, kind of crews as well? Yeah, so there was uh, a close team around us because we were looking at filmmakers that were local, uh, and we all studied at the Lighthouse Media Center in Wolverhampton. Uh, he studied there when he left school. I studied there when I left school, um, but you know he just had a great team around him. And through his passion and, and creativity, he wanted to set that standard um, and create a high production. And back then you had like the camera guy, which was the camera guy, the lighting guy, which was the lighting guy, the producer, director. And so it was this whole team coming together to create these videos. And that's where that production value came from. And that's what he was known for. Uh, whereas like today, you know, people just go out film with the camera uh, because it's so accessible now. Uh, but th back then it's like having those teams, having the right budgets there and just being able to deliver some high-end products. And yeah, it just took off and, and started to get attention of other artists in the industry. Uh, Met some tricks we filmed with early on. Um, and then Sakshinda, HMC, Sone Lagadi. Uh, that video, and that was filmed at Wolverhampton uh, Lighthouse Media Center where we trained. Mm. Uh, so it's utilizing these contacts and utilizing what we had around us. So how did you, I mean, if you look at some of the, like the the evolution of, of, of video, so there was a period of time, especially in the job B music, where video was almost, it was seen as a luxury. Um, and it used to be kind of spatial. You know, like one artist might drop something, um, and it would be very periodic. And then it became kind of like, oh, okay, it's a necessity. And then you'd have various quality, um, you know, from absolute dog shit to, to yeah. brilliant, um, you know, or, or um, you know, high quality. You know, sometimes when you're dealing with a, an artist, yeah. when you're dealing with dog shit, that's fine because that's kind of lower end of the market and, you know, you could get away with cheaper quality. How do you convince somebody then, a, a, an artist, to especially um he might already caught wind of who doesn't like paying for i mean nobody enjoys spending money to a point right <laughs> how do you convince them to say i need you to spend x amount of money because this is the vision that i've got yeah so that can either come from their side where they say this is our set budget this is what we're working with you know what can you do and or sometimes it'll come from us where we say you know this is our budget that we work to and that covers filming and it covers the editing um, and then it covers locations and but that really comes down to the idea as well and what you want to film you might need a location you might need extra crew members or dancers um, but I mean with the low-end budgets you know we can still try and maximize what we have around us maybe by just filming outside you you know you got a free location right there mm. um, so what are the, some of the things that um what were some of your earliest memories of when working on, on the set then? Um, it was from like the J Skills days and the, the Mets and Tricks videos that we used to do. Um, 
because I was at school, so I'd go back and you know go back to school and tell my friends. You know, I was working with Nets and Tricks over the weekend, doing some filming. Um, but then I started to learn like the lighting setups that they would do and the, the filming and see the different aspects of, of filmmaking. Um, and so yeah, I was like doing the behind the scenes for like the J Skills videos at 14, 15 years old. Uh, I featured in some of them as well as an extra. Call my mates out and we'd, we'd go and be in the videos. Um, <laughs> what what was your role then? Uh, so it's just part of the crowd, just trying to bring uh, a crowd together. We did it for Apache Indian and uh, Dalvinder Singh. Uh, and it's just like a party set up and there's like everyone dancing, having a good time. And so it's like, you know, me and some friends in there. And then it's just like, you know, working within this bungalow industry and just meeting these artists and, you know, getting to see different sides. Are, of you, are you one of the most widely used extras ever? Probably because, you know, my brother's filming and we've got the crew around us and it's like, you know, we need, we need some, a barman or something or we need some extra. Yeah. You know, jump in there and, and get it done. And uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been good fun and it's been amazing to work with these artists over the years. So the, you know, the, the core fundamentals of, of putting a, a video together, like from a, a layman's person uh, p- uh, point of view, you know, what would be kind of some of where the costings will be involved and how would you kind of storyboard it out? So from an idea, how does it evolve from an idea to execution? Yeah, so we would get a, a song delivered to us from an artist and sometimes they may even come with ideas. They may come with ideas that they want, their own little vision or they just put it into your hands as a director. Do you quality check it in one way or do you accept whatever however good the the song is or are you very fussy in the kind of songs that you want to do no i mean like we've had a various uh range of artists and and songs and you know we always try our our best to deliver you know a great product and to work with the artists and the songs that come up um and so yes just you know you go from like even like with the Indian songs and all those different tracks. It's like, you know, you may not understand the language, but you can work with how the song feels or how it sounds or get a translation of of those lyrics and then just kind of building an idea from there. And then you go and find the locations that you need for filming that vision. Um, And then do you need dancers or do you need models? Do you need cars? Do you need a house? And it's just constantly just bringing those different elements in until you get uh, a shoot day and then you go out and film at that location and then just kind of bring that vision out on the day. Mm. And then do you, um, what are some of the common challenges that you would, that you would face when doing it? Because like, and how does it differ from, obviously when you're doing a film, it's a longer format. What do you prefer yeah. doing kind of like a music video or a film? Uh, so I've done a lot of music videos, um, and so it's a music video is kind of a short format, of, you know, of a film. You know, you still got your lighting aspect, you still got the camera aspect, uh, the storyboarding, the scripting, and all that. And so I like doing the music videos. You know, you can go out for the day, you can film at a location, capture everything you need, and you know you've wrapped up, and then you still have that creative process. Um, whereas a feature film, you know, they're over, over weeks and months of filming, so they can be quite long and 
very long days, early mornings, late nights. Um, and so, yeah, it, it gets a bit much on the features. But I filmed um, with some of the, some Bollywood films. My uh, lighting friend has all the big equipment, all the big lights and stuff. And so uh, there was a project that got involved with him and that was for Satinder Sotaj, uh, The Black Prince. Okay, and that was about uh, Maharaja the Leap Singh, right? Yeah, that's correct. And um, yeah, so he was doing the lighting for that. He's got all the, the massive lights and trucks and everything. So I helped him do some lighting work on that, and it was great to get involved in with those actors and actresses that were a part of that. And do you, do you find are you kind of a natural chill out point where the the stars will come because you're probably not like well the the the, the diversity of the ca the the cast. Yeah, I mean it's great. I'm like. I'm used to it because of all the music videos we've done over the years uh, and working with the Bangor industry. Um, you know, you get to see these different artists and these and build these relationships. Um, so then I'd be on set and I'd, you know, message a friend to say, like, I'm working with this person today. Or just showing off in it. Is actress. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, they're, they're really big and they've been in you know a couple of films and TV and stuff. Uh, but you know, still learning and still getting to know these actors and the, and actresses, and you know, it's, it's great to be on set with them. You know, some of the work they've done over the years, it's amazing. When you look back on it, is it was there any kind of key videos that you learned the biggest kind of lessons on, or some of the key stories that you remember? I think they all have their little challenges. Um, there was one where the generator we had for the lighting because we we're filming outside it's like the generator broke down uh, and then we needed to get that fixed and sorted out and it was like in the middle of nowhere um you know there can be weather changes where you're you're trying to shoot somewhere and the weather changes and so you have to adapt to that um but there's always some challenges that comes up with any other project and you know you've just got to think on your feet and be creative in the in those moments. You know, with the with the introduction of uh, obviously with the the evolution of technology in terms of how people are using equipment, how difficult does that make your life as a director? Does it for some people it might seem it might be easier because you've got all these different things that you, that uh, these tools open to you, but I'm guessing that it might be a little bit difficult to kind of stay on top of it all and making sure that you're kind of ahead of the curve especially if you're trying to deliver high quality products yeah so every other week you've got a new camera and that camera has you know better functions better quality you know it's smaller it's lighter um so that's happening all the time the cameras what's are the price of it? like obviously we used to kind of uh, an iphone i'm using like uh uh, a Logitech webcam now, a 4K one. Okay. I've changed up recently, and I'll probably have to change up again. But I'm trying to get a more inset kind of camera setup studio. Yep. So, like, tell us the range of of value of cameras that that you would you would use. Yes. Yeah, so you know, uh, Apple were pushing how much they were shooting films on their iPhones. Yeah. And they push commercials for that and adverts to show off, like, you know, this is what the iPhone can do. Uh, and they were like full feature films. Um, and then you've got like your, your small DSLR cameras, 
and then you go up to your bigger cameras, which are your film cameras, like the RED camera, the ARRI cameras. And how much would they be? They can be hundreds of thousands. So one camera that you've been filming, it could be like a hundred grand. Yeah, and then you've got all the attachments. So you've got the lenses to add on, uh, all the batteries and all the cables and monitors and everything to connect to that. So it adds up. Do you have a panic when you're holding something like that and you're filming on it? I, I mean, like, one, you've got an idea and a vision of what to do. You might be involved. It might be a quite active shoot. Are you conscious about how... Because I remember when um, during uni, I used to help uh, one of my mates uh, to do wedding photography, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the camera, it was sort of like a 10 grand camera then. Right? This is 20 years ago. Yeah. And it used to be put on the, on the back seat. It used to have its own seat belt. It used to be kind of covered. It was protected. It was the most important thing going, right? So, yeah, that's what, it. When you, when you evolve it to something like a, almost worth a house, how do you kind of proactively kind of protect it yeah so you are covered with insurance i get um, that look insurance is fine right? <laughs> yeah, but... that's just a comfort but when you're holding it is it do you panic in that way or do you stop certain shots because it, it might bring it at risk um yeah you gotta make sure obviously that the equipment is safe and you know we're, we're shooting in the right way but it's like when you do lens changes you know you've got the the big prime lenses which are a set focal point um and then when you're changing the lens for another focal point, it's, you know, you've got to make sure you're holding two hands, almost like a baby. It's like, you, yeah. you know, you want to make sure Very it's expensive okay. One. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it happens like, you know, sometimes the, the camera might have broken for some reason or a lens has dropped, um, you know, over so many years of filming, it's, it's going to happen at some point. I don't, I don't know how I would react if I, <laughs> yeah. like I genuinely wouldn't know what to do. But when we we're filming all the the Bangra videos back in the day, it was all the uh, DV cam, so it was all on tape, um, and then you'd have to digitize the the tapes to get the footage to then be able to edit it. Whereas now everything is digital, so you can just film onto the card, upload it to the computer, and you're ready to go. This might be one of the most stupidest questions I ask, but I'm I'm, I'm trying to out of genuine curiosity, you know, like. Obviously, we I would watch a, a video and I'd have an idea. I'll be like, "Oh, this seems good," and especially nowadays, it's, it's it's shot very good. Yeah. Can you immediately tell if it's high budget or not? Um, you can. I think it's down to like the framing of the shot. Um, you know what kind of lighting setup they might have, and then obviously the quality. Is that, that your specialism, the lighting bit then? And so. Um, more of a director so it would be like the vision of what the concept is what's happening yeah what's the story what's it going to look like who's involved where's the location uh, and just bring in the overall vision of the story of what's happening in the video so that's the director's role um but yeah i've done like the the filming and the lighting work as well and so when you watch projects you can see like if they have a good lighting setup you know you can see all these finer details that that makes up a, an image so you, was there ever a time where you and an artist for example especially during a music video um kind of clashed in terms of ideas um i mean at the end of the day it's it's the client's product project and it's you know what they want for their track and, and so it's like we might have an idea 
and there may be a bit of a disagreement, but then you have to, you know, understand it is their project. Um, and you kind of have to kind of roll with what they want to do. Um, but also you put your professional touch on that and, and, you know, kind of go back and forth where it's like, you want to do this, but we should probably do it like this because of X, Y, Z. Um, and that's where that experience comes in. Um, but it happens, you know, they have a vision and you have your vision and it's trying to get on the same. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply page what's the i know i I don't really mean to kind of give you a competitive edge away but like what is the average kind of cost of a of a music video now uh it can vary you can have an artist that will just have a couple hundred pounds to just want to go out and film something simple uh or you can have a couple thousand pound um and the artist might want to just you know put something behind what they're putting out um, so it comes down to the, the artists and what they want to put in. So like, the more you put in, the more, you know, things that we can bring in. Like you can get a crane involved, you can get dancers involved, you can get, you know, bigger locations. But what um, I mean, like, it, it, like as a director and, and your your team around you, when you're looking at it, do you get whisperings of like, oh, blah, 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 spend X amount on the video? Um. Not really. I think there's a kind of general for what people want to spend on a video. Um, but then if you look at like the UK industry, you know, they have bigger budgets because they've got the record labels and so on behind them. Um, and then if you look in America and, and different parts of the world, they have huge budgets, which are hundreds of thousands for a, a music video. Do you get involved in that as well? Uh, I'd like to at some point. I'd yeah. like to to 
build into those higher end proje- uh, projects and, and get involved in those. So is it getting busier for you or is it getting slower, especially now where people can, can, can try and actually video quite a lot of it themselves? No, I think um, there was a lot of record labels back in the day. We, we worked very closely with Moviebox. Um, they have such a great back catalogue and, and smashed it in what they've done. And so we worked closely with them over the years and, and a lot of artists came from, from there. And now it's like more independence and it's more, you know, the music industry has changed for the streaming and just being able to just put something out on YouTube or Spotify. Um, so artists are doing more of their own thing now. And, you know, because it's off their own back, they might have like those smaller budgets, um, just trying to fund it themselves and do it themselves. And, you know, it has changed over the years, but, you know, still still busy and people are still putting things out and still producing songs and still pushing the music videos. So it's really good to see. It's good to see that's happening. If there was a couple of things that you always, that you, when you're making something that you want to convey to the audience watching, what would that be? Uh, so like in my earlier videos, I did a video for Mumsy Stranger and Richie Rich. Right. And that was Streets of Bollywood 3, or it's also known as City Guy. Um, and with those songs, it is like, there's a lot of melody. There's, you know, there's a whole story behind the song. And so I tried to capture that in my videos and try to bring that story forward by having a storyline happen between the guy and the girl um, and trying to set up the right locations to bring some sort of story that the viewers can watch. And so I always try to bring the story out. You know, you can do a performance-based video, which is just strictly performance, performing to the camera. But with my videos, I just try and capture what the song is, what its essence is of that song that they're trying to put out. Is there is there so is there like a trademark that you always do in one of your vid in, in the film? Or in a video that you do? Um not necessarily, but it's trying to capture the story behind the song. You know, a lot of music videos can be performance-based and, and are performance-based. Um, but with a lot of my videos, it was just trying to really bring that story out. So as you're watching it, it's like a short film almost that you're watching. So how, how did your story then evolve from doing music videos to get into film? Um, so... As I said, my friend was doing the lighting for a lot of Bollywood shoots, um, which got me access to the Black Prince uh, with Sintinda Sataj. And then a friend of mine called me to do some extra work and to, to feature on a film, which is like basically just being in the background. Maybe if it's a restaurant or a bar, you're filling out that space with multiple people's extras. Mm. And this guy would call me up as a producer of like a lot of these films and he called me up to do some extra work and I was like yeah cool come down uh, can bring some friends down and then from that point he kept calling me back because I you know I turn up and I'll be there and, and help out where where it's needed and then there was one time this was like years later he called me up recently for some extra work and I was like yeah cool go down and the thing is, with the extra work, it's part of a feature film. And it wasn't about the extra work, it was about being on set. 
So forget the money and the extra work. It was about being around creative people, being on set, watching how they film, what cameras are they using. So this is kind of going so in. You see, you're door constantly almost. absorbing all the information around to basically see what you can enhance in your own like kind of work. Yeah, because it was like he called me down to do extra work on this feature film. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, it's an opportunity for me to be on set. To, you know, so forget about the extra work and, and any money from that. It was an opportunity to be on set. And so I went down and I met with a producer who called me up. And we were waiting for other people to come in. I think they were filming at another location. And then I heard that they were talking, having a conversation, the producer and, and this other guy. And they were saying that the, they needed a focus puller for the day. A what? A focus puller. Okay, what does that do? So basically, it's with these big um, cameras, like the high-end cameras, they have lenses which have a set focal point. And so that's the distance between the camera and the subject. And so you have to make sure that the, the focus on the lens is matches that distance, uh, which will keep you and give you a sharp image. And so if that focal point moves, then the subject will be blurry. And so then you have to adjust the lens to make sure that it's back in focus and it's but, sharp. Hang on, sorry. I might, I'm going to be acting really thick here, but I'm, I want to I want to answer these. I want answers to these questions. Yeah. If something, if a camera's worth 100 grand, surely yeah. it would automatically focus. It should be able to do that. Um, so you can get autofocus. But well, you because... should be for that amount of money. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's actually better to do it manually, and so and with these lenses as well, it's a set focal point, so it's not like a zoom lens, and you can zoom in and out. And yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, yeah, I'm, in my basic head, it's like it's zooming in and out. That's it. Now these are like huge lenses that are like, and there's this is like special glass in it, which is like pristine that gives you a, a clear image. Um, and so you can get a control which connects to the focus. And then you can adjust the focus distance uh, to keep it sharp. And so the producer was talking about that, how they needed somebody to help out. And because I had that experience, I spoke to them and I was just like, yeah. look, I can do focus pulling. I've done it on you know, some of the big cameras for different projects. And I said, okay, we'll give you a try and see how you get on. And so I went from being an extra to then being you know, part of the camera crew. And this was for um, Chao Jindia, the new film coming out with uh, called Windabilla. Yeah. Um, Your name dropping, like, some mad people but in the last, since we started. Is this crazy? I was, I was like, you know, we were talking with uh, GV, who I've got huge respect for, yeah. and Dr. Zeus, and it's like, you know, great opportunity to have worked with these guys. And, um, yeah, so with this film, it's like, you know, being called to be an extra and it's like, you know, it's about those opportunities and opening those doorways. And, and now it's like, because of that moment, now I'm on set working in the camera department as a focus puller on, on this feature film. So have you stayed with that same production company that used you from then or do you kind of freelance out? Uh, so I freelance and, you know, but... Sometimes, you know, I still get the call to to help out on set and to do some camera work or or to help out as an extra. Uh, but they still call me. But um, See, one of my biggest bugbears, yeah, and, like, I don't know whether you could, like, what your view on this is, like, 
it's always the same kind of cast and and it's the same kind of style of film. It's always the same look like in Birmingham yeah. City Centre. I was I think I'm sure I saw you about a couple of weeks back in the middle of uh, City Centre. And I was like, um, I was like, these films, I don't watch any of them, I'll yeah. be honest, yeah. But when I see the same crew all the time, I'm like, it just puts me off. I don't get it. Yeah. I think it's like it's like with us, it's like... Is that right, though? Is that Yeah, but you're behind the camera, so I understand it from there. Yeah, I think, like, because they have their networks and, you know, their contacts. It's people who they know and people who they've worked with over the years. You know, you're going to want to get involved because you know that they're a good actor or they're a good cinematographer. It's like with us, it's like we're based in the Midlands. Um, growing up in Wolverhampton, there was a group of us that, work together that were directors and filmmakers and so we constantly be working together on all these different projects there's a friend of mine a good friend of mine Gulli Kuli Gatore who directed Dark MC Chori Chori video uh, and so I helped to film that uh, and Sai Ballistic and helped to film that as well so we're constantly mixing with like the same teams because we know like he's a good director and he's a good filmmaker and he can help assist on this so you know i kind of get it yeah i i mean i just i don't give it any credibility to be honest now <laughs> 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 not, in a, not in a bad way but like you know when they when i see the same things and it's the same artwork it's the same yeah. crew london bridge in the background yeah. Oh, just it, it just it's just a switch off. Do you do you ever get to the point where you're like, oh, I just want to go back to music videos, or or, or do, are you just com are you constantly working on both? And um, so I'm doing more music videos, mm -hmm. and um, the odd film will come up. But um, but yeah, it's just like when once the like the bigger artists or the more popular artists start to work with those, it's like they've done a lot of films in in London. Um, and a lot of music videos. So once people start to pick up on that, that you know, they want to kind of follow that and start, you know, doing their own music videos and their own filming in similar similar locations. Or so, what know. is it? What what what's be, what's the actual sketch? Is it that they get they access a special kind of funding pot in order for them uh, if they if they film in the UK? I have no idea what where the oh, the right. budget comes from or, or what they do, but. I think it's just like when somebody... I might have to save that question for somebody else now. Yeah, I think when somebody sees what's successful, what's popular, then it's like people want to kind of... Copy it. Follow that because then it's like, you know, it's done and it's tried and we know it works kind of thing. So in, in, in your line of work, what's the kind of future challenges that, you, that you're expecting to come? Uh, I think now it's just, you know, trying to get the right budgets that we can work with, uh, the right artists that want to come out and work and produce some videos. I think that's it really. I mean, you know, it's constantly changing and, and adapting as, you know, from the old Sixinda Shinda videos uh, to even recently, it's like, you know, the cameras change, the way we editing is changing. You know, it's all these different aspects, but, you know, you just gotta keep rolling with it, keep moving with the times. See, I speak to a lot of young um, up-and-coming artists as well, and uh, yeah. one of the big things that they've got the natural talent to kind of sing and showcase. But nowadays, everyone's got to be kind of a singer, a content creator, a graphic designer, a video maker, a vid video editor, 
you know, yeah. to do all these things. To, and, and those ones who are able to do as many of those things in uh, as they can individually kind of go far. And one of the, you know, I was speaking to a guy, I won't disclose his name, I've had him on the podcast. And he was like going, he goes, I can't afford to keep up with people. Because he's going, I've got my regular job. Um, He's got his family. And like to put content out is always costing money um, uh, uh, all the time to kind of stay relevant. And you've got some singers who and, and producers who can make their own stuff and, and they yeah. naturally just go ahead of the game. Do you find that? Do you agree with what I was saying there? Or do you think that um, I might be wrong? Yeah, I think um, because it's so more accessible than it has ever been. You know, you can just get some free editing software. You can throw up a camera. You can use your phone. Um, you can make beats online, you know. So, yeah, I think people are constantly dropping new songs and new material and you know it's like once somebody's heard it it's like move on to the next one you know what's the next track um and a lot of people are working like that is there used to be a lot of albums and now it's a lot of singles and you know. I, I suppose singles is better for you there's more there's more videos to make isn't there yeah album but traditionally you would only have one or two sort of videos made yeah that's true and now you got um, singles yeah, but now it's just more accessible and, you know, people are just constantly putting something out. But that's like with the videos, it's like people are constantly doing videos, but, you know, they're not always that good. And it's like, you know, people just throw a camera up, shoot and edit, put it together, move on. Two but questions, whereas, right? What's your, what's your best location you ever filmed, in, uh, filmed at and what was your worst <laughs> The worst would probably be outside in the snow or in the rain. Where the, was that? Um, just a general outdoor shoot, um, because obviously it's so cold, it's wet, it's raining, and you've got to protect the equipment and you've got lights and stuff. So that's probably one of the hardest ones where, where you're just freezing cold. Um, some of the best, um, we've used a lot of uh, houses, mansions. Um, some of these houses, which is just like amazing on the inside. So what do you, have to, you have to hire them out, right? Go or Airbnb or what you can do. Yeah, so you can get a UK lo film location, um, different location websites that actually cater to this. So you can have a hotel, you can have a, 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 an estate, cars, different things that they, they all have connections to that you can go through them. Uh, so Tinder Sataj, we filmed at Princess Diana's house. Uh, so it was Spencer's uh, house. Princess Diana's, yeah. So that was like a massive estate that had all like the artwork inside. Um, there was Princess Diana's bedroom, which was like still set of how it was. So that was quite an interesting location. Bloody hell. Yeah. I'd get scared going to some of that, some some of those bigger places and are haunted. Yeah, and they've got like artwork <laughs> which is like hundreds of thousands of pounds on the wall. You trying to yeah, but you'd be, lights you'd be holding the camera in it. Yeah, but then you bring your massive lights through, which are like take three men to put on top of the stand, and it's just you know, it's crazy. It's madness, and it's madness. <laughs> So, um, Steve, this is it's called the bandwagon. You've seen this many times before. Um, yeah. uh, is there a bandwagon you want to jump on, jump off, or is this the this is your space to kind of get anything off your chest, especially in your world? 
Now, man, I just appreciate what you're doing, and and you know, it's great to see some of the artists that you've got on here, the people you've got on here. Yeah, um, see, I'm gonna get you in when I'm, keep when, I'm when I'm getting my cameras in. I need you to kind of tell me what the setup needs to be. Hundred percent, man. I have to learn how to kind of. I do all the editing myself anyway, so that's why I was kind of like really keen to do. So use Final Cut, right? So yeah, yeah, I still want to know like how do I kind of sync this audio? It's hard work, man. It is, man. That's what people don't see. It's like you know, for a two three minute vi- music video, you know, we can shoot over two three days, and then you you're editing for weeks because there's so much footage to pile up and put together. Do you do when you come up with a video, for example? Do you do kind of a couple of versions of it, or is it always kind of like is the one version you keep editing that? Uh, so, so from the directing, when you're directing the ideas, you're almost editing from the direction because you're thinking yeah. about okay, if I have this shot, which goes with this shot, and then if I have this setup, it can go with this setup. So you're almost editing it before you even shot anything. And uh, so when you come to the edit, it's about playing that out you know what's the best way to put this down with the track and the length um so yeah you're already in the edit all right mate thanks for that i really appreciate you taking the time and jumping on here man and um appreciate you having me on here yeah not a problem and uh we'll catch up soon yeah man all the best the good work cheers thank you ricky mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.